Welcome, everybody. God bless you. Um, Femi, can you lead us in opening prayers, please? Heavenly Father, we give you glory. Thank you for today. Thank you, your Jesus. Grace. Thank you for your Lord and that which we joy and live in. We worship you, be exalted, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we pray as study at your feet this evening. We pray that you will teach us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We will open your word unto God in the name of Jesus. Amen. At the end of the study, we blessed both the speaker and the hearer and help us to put it into practice in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Um, we are live on Twitter, uh, on Twitter spaces at Stolio Tokwadada, and also across several pages on Facebook at CSC Graceview, and also at Stolio Tokwadada on Facebook. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Yes, the book of Jude, the last but one um, book of the Bible. Yeah, and uh, I think we need to thank our fathers and the, uh, the Christian Education Department of Christ Apostolic Church for making this possible, for helping us, uh, forcing us to actually go through the Bible all, all year. So we have the book of Jude before we get to the book of Revelation, which most of you know by now uh, is my favorite of all the books of the Bible. But yes, let's... Um, Let's get, wow, thank you, mommy. We have our mommy, okay, she's trying to join, uh, connect our audio. Yes, uh, Book of Jude. Thank you, mommy, Adegbulugbe, for joining us. God bless you, ma. Thank you very much, ma, for joining us, ma. Okay, Jude is just one, one chapter, very short book, but very, very, very heavy book. Um, okay, let's read the memory scripture, and then I will just say a few things before we go into the introduction. Memory scripture is Jude 1.21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Um, this book, uh, uh, Jude actually, according to him, he wanted to write on other things. He wanted to to send uh, to to write uh, 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 on some doctrinal issues and some issues on salvation and a number of other things. Uh, but he said he needed to quickly write this particular book and send it to the church because of what was happening at that time. And what was happening at that time is there some hyper grace uh, for those of us who don't know, uh, uh, maybe we don't know what that hyper grace uh, uh, connotation mean. Uh, that's doctrine or dogma. I think about two years ago, if I'm right, or three years ago, was all almost all over Nigerian church, all Nigerian churches, uh, uh, the Sorosuke churches anyway, the young churches, the youth, uh, it's all about uh, 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 grace, hyper grace. Once saved, forever saved. We can once we are saved like this. No matter our sin has been forgiven forever. Even no, a lot of a lot of a lot of dogma uh, like that. And I do. I used to tell people then that this thing is not new. This thing is not new. Calm down. When we were younger, when we were in our early teenage years, or maybe when we were in secondary school, about just one there about, it also came in the 90s, in the early 90s. Oh, you know, ah, I won't say forever saved. The grace of God is forever. And those people are, they, they claim, in quotes, to be deep into Paul, Paul teachings. And uh, that's the only thing they know in the Bible. Actually, they do actually know the Paul's teachings. Uh, so I was telling people about two, three years ago when he came again that I could remember when, I mean, those of us who did SU uh, in our secondary school days in the 90s, you remember that that was also something that came with the wave of SU in those days. 
so when he came again, I, I was just laughing in my own. Uh, and thank, thank God for what the Lord has helped our fathers and some of our big brothers to do in some of our lives, uh, to know that uh, you don't, things like that, you don't, you don't let it affect you. We've been, we've been, we've been bred in the word. Uh, thanks to some of our fathers uh, who did a great job while we are growing up. And that's what we are repaying. That's what we are returning. Let's teach the word. And that is the foundation. That is what uh, Jude actually said is going to, is going to help you against, uh, um, it's going to help you against uh, 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 false doctrines and all these false teachings. So introduction, I'll read the introduction in our manual, then I'll just go through a few of my notes, then we can take our comments uh, and quote. Okay, Jude, the half-brother of Jesus and James. Okay, I need to also say that Jude was the brother of Jesus. Uh, uh, he wasn't a disciple. Uh, he was, you know, it's part of those people that, uh, and this is another lesson, may we not learn to be too late. May we not celebrate our heroes when it's too late. I think that's naturally human. We sing the songs of our heroes and people that have done great things for us after their demise. Uh, it was after the death of Jesus, probably Jude was one of the people that just would be like, ah, no be Jesus. Ah, we played together, we used to play football together. You know, <laughs> the way some of us just, ah, who, who is it? No be this guy. Ah, we used to play football together when we were growing up. Jesus that used to sleep on my bed. This is your desire. I beg you. And some of us do that to some of our pastors. Uh, this is not my, this is not that guy, this is not my friend, uh, this is not my husband. Uh, so uh, I, I learned something early in life uh, about, um, I learned it from Pastor Chris Oyakilome. Um, long ago, I was, I was in my teenage, maybe late teenage years, early 20s. I, learned, I, I, I was listening to one of his messages. And he said that the man, Mr. Chris Oyakilome, is different from Pastor Chris Oyakilume. How? When he's at home with his children and his wife, he's Mr. Chris. But when he's in church, when he's ministering, when he's administering, when he's uh, leading in church, he's Pastor Chris. So, and I, I'm a pastor's child. I, I learned something. Don't, don't get too familiar with the anointing. Don't over-familiarize yourself with, uh, is it not my father? Or we know when he sleeps. Now it is us that wakes him up to go inside to go and sleep. We know when he wakes up. We've seen everything, and you get too familiar, and you miss it. You miss out on what you're supposed to gain. Jude was not a disciple when Jesus was alive. Uh, possibly he was was part of the people. Uh, you know, Jesus couldn't do anything in Nazareth in his own hometown. Because people were like you <laughs> when he says anything. You just like that. Where, where did this one go to school? Uh, like they do say in, in, in Yoruba Palace. When did they marry your mother? Who is this? Who is this one that is talking? Uh, and um, a number of his brothers or his brethren in the in the community couldn't uh, get tap into Jesus's uh, ministry while he was alive. Uh, Jude was one of them, so he was not a disciple when Jesus was alive. Um, then evidently Jude was a prominent member of the church in Jerusalem. So he became a disciple when, after resurrection, when he said, ah, what this guy was saying is true, Shao, ah, this guy is, is like I said, this thing, the real, is, is coming, is getting real. That was when he became uh, a disciple, but he was, a, I mean, he, he was a dedicated uh, disciple, a leader, and a member of the church in Jerusalem. Uh, and the Bible, we also realized that he may have traveled on, uh, uh, as a missionary, Acts 1, 13 to 14, 1 Corinthians 9, 5, were some of the things, uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, evidences that he has traveled on several missionary journeys. Some people have tried to insinuate from 1 Corinthians 9, 5, that he was married and was accompanied by his wife as he performed the missionary work. His epistle is addressed to the faithful Christians. Can I look at, can we read 1 Corinthians 9.5? Someone please help us to open to 1 Corinthians 9.5. Because this is now very uh, uh, significant, especially for our ladies, 
um, okay, after we read it, please read that. Let me let me say this while we are, we are opening it so that we don't waste time. Uh, Mommy Adeboye said something uh, sometimes ago that uh, uh, she looked, she read from the scriptures and looked that, that, that women were active members, active leaders in the church, in the church, in the Bible. They were active, they were leaders, they were members. And that was one of the reasons why she, she, she was all about women ministry. Women, women should bring out the, uh, their innate abilities, their ministerial prowess. Uh, so Jude's wife was a member of the missionary team. They were going on the mission field uh, together. Please help us read 1 Corinthians 9.5. First Corinthians 9 5. Yeah. Do we have no right to take along a believing wife? As do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas. Okay, thank you, mommy. Thank you very much, ma. So we know that Peter was married even when Jesus was alive because Jesus went to heal uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, we know he had a mother-in-law. But Jude was also married. And Paul was saying that, eh, so the way that me, I'm just going and doing uh, jackpa and doing missionary work about, uh, do you think I don't have a right to, to also take a wife along as this and this and this and this? So um, uh, uh, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the uh, 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 evidences that their wives go along with them on those trips. Uh, I know that the, the uh, I mean, we live in a contemporary world. Someone has to be with the children. Maybe they've, they have grown-up children. We don't know. Maybe there uh, are other members of the church that stay with the children. But uh, this is a lesson that we as ministers, uh, we need to take our wives along in the ministry. You may not even be physically carrying them to where you are going to minister and they follow you, but carry them along in the ministry itself. Uh, even in military, in military, uh, I'm not sure, please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a, a, the wife of a general is also a general. Some people have argued, uh, suggested that even the wife is seen as a rank higher than her husband. That's why uh, a military man can never beat his wife because the way the military service will deal with the guy. So a, a, a general's wife is a general. A, a colonel's wife is a colonel. So if that can happen in military, how much more ministry? So let's take our wives along. Singles, marry a woman you can take along in ministry. Uh, don't let them deceive you that uh, when you start ministry, uh, uh, you won't have time for ministry. When you get married, you won't have time for ministry, blah, blah, blah. No, marry right. Marry the person that will be a, 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 a support system, not, not someone that will pull you down. Praise the Lord. Okay, the general epistle of Jude describes the force of apostasy. We've talked about what apostasy is. Those who believed, who once believed uh, in the gospel or in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in Jesus Christ, in the, in the divinity of Christ, and then goes back. That is apostasy. When you were once a believer and you backslide and you start speaking against uh, uh, those things that you once believed. Okay. The general epistle of Jude is described, is, describes the forces of apostasy that were at work in the early church. Although Jude was very eager to write to his readers about salvation, he wrote to warn them about certain immoral men circulating among them who were, preventing, who were perverting the grace of God. So that's Jude 1.4. Uh, some people were saying that grace, hyper-grace, grace, uh, we'll look at that, we'll talk about that in a bit, and, and how we can even balance this so-called grace uh, and salvation issue. Apparently, these false teachers were trying to convince believers of being saved by grace gives them the license to sin. If you are in, in Nigerian church in the last five years, or you are in, the, in my own generation downwards, you will know that this same thing that we, we just read now <laughs> was in the church, was in the, in the contemporary church. Uh, having grace gives you the license to sin. Your sin has been forgiven. Even the sin you will commit in the future has been forgiven. Once saved, forever saved. All this kind of dogma. 
that was what the book of Jude was writing against. Okay, um, since their sins will no longer be held against them. I mean, this is just exactly what we dealt with. In a way, the epistle is apologetic. What is apologetics? Apologetics is the defense of faith or defense of a belief. So, and we as Christians, I'm an apologetic. I mean, I always encourage people to be apologetic, uh, to be apologists, uh, to defend the faith, to talk about defense of the faith. And I think I've given a teaching on apologetics before. Um, it was a whole night teaching. It was a video actually. Um, of, of why we need apologetics. How do we address some of the things? There are two ways you address uh, of being an apologist. You can appeal to their reasoning or appeal to their emotion. Appeal to reason or appeal to emotion. Now, appeal to emotion, and both of them are in the Bible. Uh, time will not permit me to go deep into it, but let me just give examples of what we do in, in this day church. You remember, for those of us who grew up in the 90s uh, and the eight, early, late 80s, early 90s, the way that they used to preach to us then, when you are going on evangelism, is to tell people, ah, you are wearing trousers, you are doing Jerichoes, you will born in hell, fire will born you. And the person will ah, I don't want to burn in hell, be crying, I will come to Jesus. It worked then, so for some, I mean, it worked, but that's appeal to emotion. Appealing to emotion worked several places in the scriptures as well, especially in the book of Acts. But these days, with these Gen Z people, you can't appeal to their emotion, my brother. You have to appeal to their reason. In fact, the Bible says about Paul, several, in several places, Paul reasoned with people, with, with, with scholars. He appealed to their reasoning. Let's talk logic together. Let bring this, no, ask your question. You, you, you remember in the days in when we were growing up, if you ask two very difficult questions in church, you tell you, hey, you this young children of this, all this you don't want to be rude. Those are appeal to emotions. But appealing to emotions don't work now. In this our generation, you need to know the scriptures. You need to know the answer to some of these questions. Appeal to their reason. That is how you can win souls. In 2023. So, young people, young ministers, we need to uh, equip ourselves with the word. We need to equip ourselves. We need to equip ourselves. Sars and Mars. We need to equip ourselves. Get knowledge. Get knowledge, so that you can you can you can you can address some of the things uh, that some of our young people or even old people. Uh, are raising. So the book is, uh, the epistle is apologetic. The theme is defending the doctrine of faith and remaining in one's salvation. The message of the book conveys that the church must defend one true faith and that believers must be fruitful to the end by resisting false teachers and following the truth. So I'm, I don't belong to the school of thought of people who think that just leave false teachers. Don't worry, let them go. Me, I'm of the school of thought. You may belong to another school of thought. Though. I'm of the school of thought of resisting them. Go on their DM, on their timeline and say, Oga, what you thought, it is not true. This is a lie. Because lies spread faster. Lies sell quicker. So if you put it there and it's just out there, nobody is challenging anything, nobody is saying anything, people will just take it hook, line, and sinker. And they will do nothing. I mean, it's it's just there. So I'm of the school of thoughts. I'm on me, uh, like I do tell people, God has given some of us the grace of stubbornness for, for a reason. So uh, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Okay, um, let me quickly read the introduction and I will just throw a question out. Okay, the message of the book conveys that the church must defend one. Okay, we've, we've read that. The, 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 
though a little book, it is filled with health, health, healthful words of heavenly grace. It vehemently speaks against apostasy and gives hints on how to avoid and overcome it. On the whole, Jude is a little book filled with healthful words of heavenly grace. Okay, um, thank you. Before I go into my notes, I would love us to discuss what are some of the things that we need to address in the church today that is apostasy or that is that is that that the church, the, the, some of the false doctrines that has been put out in the media space today that we need to address. Let's have a conversation. If you're on Twitter and you want to speak, just request for the mic. I will I will allow you. And then if you're on Zoom, just raise your hand or mute yourself and let's speak. Who is starting? Hello. Okay, Femi, you want to say something? Um, good evening, everybody. Um, good evening. All right. Um, uh, we start with the the issue of um the gay marriage going on recently. I think mm. that's 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 a big now. It's it's good. It's really rampaging in so many countries and especially the Western world. And with the reality and with the fact that also in Nigeria, a substantial amount of us are uh, educated and with the Hello. This people was like, mm. this people was like, mm. don't don't laugh, don't think this is this is the reality of this world. So now they are even telling, they are even. I saw something about Canada recently. If you are trying to uh, uh, counsel or preach to somebody maybe against some of these things, you will be arrested. So I'm like, so it is this. Serious now, Canada now is it was people were trying to like okay, maybe it's not true. They said, okay, let's go and check it online. There were some confirmations and everything. The laws about the LGBT community being embedded, whatever pray, maybe you feel maybe the person is maybe possessed or anything. You cannot think like that. So I'm like, so many African pastors cannot travel out as it is. So you can't, you can't, you can't go out. You can't say you can't preach the real word of the Lord as it is now because they will tell you are these people that are doing this are they more Christian than you guys are you people more holier than them now that is one of the major issues and the way it is now they are forcing it into our faces children and I think Christians are a bit laid back we are like whoa like in Yoruba paradise yeah it will not it will not happen to us but it will happen to the children if you are not careful if you don't take it by violence it's not by God will not allow it to happen my children will not become gay they will not become this it will happen if you are not you know serious and we don't take this thing very 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 serious and we hammer it out and say this is what the Bible says about this. Is the Bible saying they, they are not loved? They are loved. It's not the, the problem has not always been the people. It's about the actions, what people do. So God loves them. He doesn't love what they are doing. We just have to be factual about it. So 
the, the Garrett issues is becoming something that is creeping in into the church. And it seems the church is losing its grip. They want to sound politically correct. They want to sound loving. And then we are drifting away. In order to accommodate the world, we are trying to be an enemy of God. Hmm. So this is an issue that is, like for me, is becoming more major in the body of Christ. And I can give it some couple of years. Like I was telling um, Pastor the other day, like looking at the crop of politicians that are leaving the House of Assemblies, especially in Nigeria, the younger ones are beginning to stem up and everything. A lot of us are not grounded. Like now, the reason why Gerard could not be passed because some of those fathers are like, ah, it's abomination. Mm. It cannot mm. happen. Mm. They won't take this. They don't even mm. want to know that it's biblical. They are like, ah, it's not done. We cannot take this. So it was mm. easy for the house not to pass it. But now looking at maybe our own crop of young guys coming up, they are well mm. traveled. So let's know in the next 10, 15 years, we have young guys, work guys, or Genesis Z in the house of assemblies and house mm. of representatives. It is not going to be an issue. They be like, yes, we have to become accommodating, <coughs> let's be loving. So, so it's going to come up, and they will say, oh, yeah, let's vote. I say, oh, no, we cannot say they are gay people are not good people. We cannot be arresting them. So they will pass into the law of Nigeria, whether we like it or not, if we don't take the necessary step. And little by little, the church in Nigeria too will be saying, ah, marry gay people. If you don't marry gay people, we'll close out your church. Mm. So you two will be like, ah. We didn't see this coming up in the last 10 years, in the last 15 years. But if we are not careful, if we don't look at the foresight, like look ahead, these are going to be the realities in the next 15, 20 years. Mm. And God, God willing, we will be allowed to see them. Because I'm sure American churches in the last 20, 30 years might not believe, believe what is yeah. happening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They wouldn't have believed. Look mm. at the generals that have risen up in those lands and that have preached the gospel and everything now. If you don't marry them in some state, you are going to jail. Mm. So that is this. I, I will just stop here. This is one of the issues the church is facing right now. Thank you very much. Uh, any other person, Jerry, or who, who else wants to pick the mic? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone, uh, I'll be very brief. But um, what I like to say is uh, the issue of tithing. Can you hear me, sir? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, tight is another issue that is very, very controversial on, on the internet these days. A lot of people believe that tithing is false. Tithing uh, is in the Old Testament and shouldn't be judged in the nowadays uh, trend or nowadays Christian, Christian uh, life. So, uh, tithing, sir. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. Any other person? Let's have one or two more. Jerry or Damilola? Hello? I can hear you, sir. Okay, uh, maybe they're not in a way they can talk. Okay, let's look at the gay. This gay thing, uh, it's been it's been around though. I remember that um, about a, about about twelve years ago, uh, I, I I was doing my masters in the UK, and I was leading a fellowship. So we're on campus. Uh, we have a joint, like we have a Christian like uh, a Christian, not a Christian body, I won't call it a Christian body, but uh, we have somewhere, it's called the Key Center. The Key Center is like the religious building. So the Muslims have a place they pray, and then the Christians can, from time to time, book to use the other, uh, other part. So we use the other part for our fellowship. So there's like a chaplain in quotes that is in charge of that center. So, that's how one day I just saw announcement. I saw flyers that a, a bishop was coming to the key center and he's a gay bishop, he's gay. He's an ordained priest of the Church of England. And he was coming to talk about the Bible and homosexuality, how homosexuality is acceptable in the Bible. Hey, 
my my aunt, my head was like in my <laughs> in my abode, like in my ah god, ah gosh. I was maybe maybe I was quite young. If I was a bit, if if you are, if I'm to do it again, I'll be a bit more patient. But I wasn't patient at all. And it took the fact that the chaplain had to quickly comment after my argument that uh, you know this is a university and we challenge thoughts. So that's why people will always challenge our thoughts because I could be easily labeled homophobic. And if you're labeled homophobic in the UK, that's the end of your life and career. You can never achieve anything in that country again. You can never get a job, a good job. I mean, it was a risk. I didn't even, all, all those things ran away from my head. Or I, I was like, I, will, I must go for that meeting. Not for anything, for the sake of the people that are coming to that meeting. And I was not a pastor then. I was not ordained a pastor. This guy came with his clerical shirt, with a collar. Hey, like, and it was, it started with pure love. What is love? What is perfect love? What is pure love? Sir, if you listen to that sermon, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that sermon, it's it, it, it like, what is genuine? What is love itself? And biblical passages about love, what love should be, uh, but thank God that some God gave some of us the spirit of, of uh, stubbornness like Paul. So uh, it was a very, very heavy um, uh, debate. But I looked at it. In all, in all manners, the guy should be more acceptable than me. He's an ordained priest. At that time, I've not even had a, a theological training. I've not had he probably has it because most of their bishops are, are they have a PhD. So probably he has a PhD in theology. Oga was your own theology, you don't know. Uh, ordination, you don't get. Pastor, you don't be. You are now arguing with. It's easier to throw me away. But like my brother said, we may think that oh, it is them, it is their country, it is UK. It's not happened to us in Jesus' name, my brethren. It's coming gradually. Oh. It's coming gradually. Oh. But the church can stand. The church can take a stand and be vocal about it. The church has to be vocal about it. Not just take a stand and keep quiet. Take a stand and be vocal about it. Don't, don't let's be politically correct. This is a sin. This is wrong. This is a sin. You tell you, we say it out. We say it as, as it is. This is wrong. It is not because it's not culturally acceptable. If you are using culture, we stand against this as a church. It is unscriptural. It is non-biblical. We stand against it. And the, the earlier we do this, because it's already happening in the church, among youth fellowship members, um. among yeah, it's already happening right in the church, my brother and sister. Um, okay, Solomon, you want to say something? Um, you, when you raised this issue, I something came to my mind now because the issue of um, boyfriend and girlfriend now is becoming so that people are confusing relationship, being into courtship and courtship and boyfriend and girlfriend, they are, they are combining it together in the church settings now. I, it seems that that should be attended to mm. because it's mostly trending on Twitter, trending on TikTok, everybody taking it as a norm. Mm. It should so, be attended to. That, that's what I want to, that's, that's the part of that. Thank you very much. Uh, there, was a, there was a guy I used to argue a lot about uh, with we used to argue a lot on, on Facebook uh, a couple of years ago, two, three, three, four years ago. Um, and in my own opinion, I feel it's, uh, it, some of these people just want to blow, in quotes, one ministry to move fast. Uh, you start a church uh, around a campus, around a university campus, and you are telling them that it's okay to have boyfriend and girlfriend, it's okay to sleep with each other, God has forgiven your sin, once you are under grace, the grace of God has covered it. In my own opinion, like this guy is a businessman. He just, that's kind of gospel in quotes, that kind of a message. We sell 
in a university environment where people want to hear. So yeah, a number of things. The devil is strategizing, you know. But those who know their God, we need to we need to learn. I, I can't. I don't think I can take my notes again. But there's one thing that uh, uh, Jude said here. Okay, let me let me just is in my notes. Let let me just quickly take that part of my notes. Jude said something that how do we? That's in his closing uh, uh, closing remarks uh, from verse twenty. He said a uh, closing charge. How do we? How do we contend faith? How do we fight for the faith? The foundation is what? Have your foundation on the most holy faith. That's the good news. That's the word of God. If the word is not your foundation, sir, you will break. People will come with all sorts of things. I'm telling you, make the word your foundation, your starting point. Let the foundation of God. Let the foundation of the word of God, let the word of God be the foundation of your life. Then build prayer as a pillar, love as a pillar, and roof it with staying alert. Your roof should be, oh, you should be watchful. You should be, if, if you are watchful and your, your foundation is not the word, you will crumble. If you are prayerful and your foundation is not the word, you will crumble. So according to Jude, what Jude uh, uh, has, has asked us to do to fight these things is the word. It's still the word. You cannot take away the word. You cannot, you cannot overemphasize the power of the word. Thank God for the kind of background and the training people like us have. I mean, some of you have met my mentors who took me up when I was a, when I was a teenager. These were men of the word. What does the scripture say? No, no emotional blackmail. And I have a mentor, Pastor Femi Ali. Some of you have met him. He's in South Africa. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a regional, uh, he's a country coordinator. He says South Africa now. Pastor Femi Ali, if he doesn't know an answer, because I used to be a very inquisitive child, if he doesn't know something, when my, maybe my question is almost killing him, he will tell me, okay, I don't know. I'll find out. Let me go make some research. I'll get back to you. Rather than the emotional blackmail of, uh, that's how it is, Jack. that's just how it is. And in my mind, I know that that's how it is. Tell me the truth. So young ministers, young men and women, we need to get into the world. That is how we can save this coming generation. That is how we can save these guys that are coming behind us. See, this should be Gen Z we are, still, we are still shouting about. This generation, Alpha, we don't even know these guys, the ones that, uh, that were born about uh, uh, 10 years and less ago, less than 10 years ago. They are called Generation Alpha. We don't even know what they, they, they want to control everything. From, from, from the three-year-old I have at home, I see, you will see that they would rather have cartoon on the tab or on the phone than on the TV. I've started noticing that they want to control because they can change that channel anyhow they can do. They want to control everything. You don't know, we don't even know how that one is going to come into the church yet. We don't know the effect of that in the church uh, yet. So if you don't, I'm coming there, just one moment. So if we don't have our foundation in the word, if the word is not the basis of our belief, if it is prophecy, prayer, those are good pillars, but that's not the foundation. If it's just all this love, love your neighbor as yourself, that's very good, but those are pillars. And he said, be watchful, he's coming, you know, those that's like the roof. The foundation must always be the word. Yes, Solomon, you wanted to say something? Um, I wanted to say something concerning what you just mentioned on the word, because um, 2014, I met um, my mentor in SU, and then he asked me a question. He said, do I have a Bible? I said, yes, I brought it out. And then that drives me to the question, asking even of us, most of us, do we even have a study Bible that give us layout of what we are doing? Because we are going back to the world. Because he told me that I'm using textbook. It's a bad word. When I got study Bible, I began to see that my perspective concerning scripture, I began to see the foundation of what some, something I've preached that I was wrong. I had to go back mm. and that's the main thing because most of us, we are getting materials on finance, but we, we do not have materials on how do I study my Bible. That is the first thing we have to attend to. Because if we don't have that now, 
it will be difficult for us to interpret the scripture well to the coming generation, to our own personal children. As we are going to friends, we have, we have friends that, that, that believe in, in hyper grace, but mm. because of my foundation, or what I understand, I ask them, why is Sam written? He, Sam, Sam is written for this, but they will not be able to give me answer. And I have to explain to them, but this question is coming to us. Many of us, do we even have materials on how to study our Bible? Do we have research on that? Without that, we cannot move further. We have to have ourselves watch on ourselves, materials on how to read our Bible and study our Bible. As I've been taught, as Pastor is saying from Scripture Union, you know, that's why I got this thing. I got many materials on how to read and study our Bible. That is the first thing I first got. And that is my point. We should get materials that help us understand the Bible more. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, wonderful contribution. Thank you. The, and and we, we live in a time that materials are at our fingertips. This study Bible, whatever concordance you want, you can get them online for free. Put anything online on Google, you will get it. It's just that you should be careful of the, of the material you, you, you read. Uh, that's why I always tell people to get, just go and get a, a, a theological training. Go to a seminary. Seminaries are not just for people that want to become pastor. In fact, that is not it. Seminaries for you to understand the Bible. How did the Bible get to us? What are the things? What are the doctrines of Christ? Those are the things you go to learn in a seminary. It's not because you want to become a pastor, because you want to understand the Bible. Apologetics is also one aspect of, of, of theological training that every Christian needs to get. How do you defend the gospel? How do you defend the gospel? The apologetics to Islam, the apologetics to a Jehovah Witness, the apologetics, that aspect of apologetics to, to, to tradi uh, African traditional religion, because the questions that we come up from these people are different. And you need to be able to answer this. In fact, there is a Bible on apologetics or something like that. Uh, I think a study Bible, apologetics study Bible or something like that. I'll put it on the church WhatsApp group. Uh, uh, in case someone needs it. I have a book like that, uh, a Study Bible on Apologetics, something like that. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put that book out, or anybody that wants it, uh, you can just reach out to me. I'll, I'll send it to you. So, so those, that book, that kind of a study Bible asks several questions and answers it. For instance, why did God put the three uh, in the middle of the garden? What we were told when we were young is that, I don't know do, what you don't do. Just say you don't know why God did it. For this generation, these people, these people are not, they, they won't take, I don't know, for an answer. That's the sincere truth. So we need to, to, to get the foundation, the basis of the word. That is how we can fight uh, the wrong dogma or the wrong doctrine. Okay, time is almost up. Okay, Femi, before we read the conclusion. All, all right, sir. Um, <clears throat> as I was just... Going through the uh, our the Bible, I just want to something just drop into my mind. I just want to say it quickly before you round up. Okay, now um, starting from Jude uh, verse twenty, and uh, says, "But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, praying in the power of the Holy Ghost, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you into eternal life. In this way, you keep yourself safe in God's love." Twenty-two says, "And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering." 23, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Mm. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Mm. I think uh, that's one also, one of the things I want to say. Some of us, we are getting a direct instruction from here. By God's grace, it's not maybe because we are perfect or anything. A lot of us are growing in the knowledge of the Bible, growing in the knowledge of Holy Ghost, and we are getting to understand some things more. <clears throat> we have the responsibility. Now, NLT gives a short, um, um, a short write-up under that verse 23. It says, only two categories of people have been still spoken about here. Those whose faith is wavering and therefore need to be snatched from the flames of judgment. And two, mm -hmm those who need to be shown mercy. If we are discovering some, you know, maybe by consistent uh, conversation, bringing some of our friends, going to our Bible study, our church Bible studies, 
seeing what is going on, some people's mentality will come out in question and answers. And like, see, this is what the Bible says. It solves a lot of uh, confusion in the church. Let us be very careful so that whatever is coming out from them, we don't allow anything to make it seem and it's not that bad though. It seems that it can be correct, you know? So let us make sure that we are established in what the Lord teaches through the Bible. So a lot of you can be coming up with something that might be culturally correct. You know, there's one thing that I have learned and, you know, I don't want to say maybe uh, any other place or right now. I just want us to focus here. Like anytime culture, society, maybe clashes. rule of law, clashes with the word of the Lord, mm. the culture they must bow mm. as a mm. Christian. I'm talking to Christians now. It must mm. bow. It's not maybe now. Uh, people are the people are uh, cheating each other in marriage. Some people cannot uh, perform very well. Maybe sexually, they will now lure the sister. And so let us now be doing something like sisters and brothers should live together very well. And then before they get married, <clears throat> mm. don't mm. let us be uh, morally correct in that aspect. Mm. The Bible says the bed must be undefined. Don't know premarital sex. There was no way. So however we are going to be finding out all of these things, the Lord should help us, but not, so, and secondly, like the political realm now, the political uh, status, looking at everything that just happened in Nigeria recently, we, we the church has really messed up. Mm. The church, has, <laughs> we have, uh, no, no, it is it's terrible. It is terrible. It should even be the first topic we should even talk about. It. It's terrible. It's terrible. We've <laughs> lost our, the little bit of authenticity and credibility we have, we've really messed it up. So, and like Master was saying in one of the group we belong to, the political truth. A pastor should not come and come and be giving us a prediction if these people deny the hunting is easy. Don't, don't use the pulpit for political gymnastics and everything. And this is being, this is also shown because. We can see that now we are not grounded in the Bible. Mm. Like the pastor said in one of his um, talks, I used to relate. Nigeria is not a theocratic nation. It has so many implications on so many levels. It is not a prophet that is telling us what to do in this country. There is a rule of law. It is. It has so many implications. So people should not bring. This is what. This is what the God. God is uh, bringing for us. So uh, so if the person is not eternal, so God has has God lied. Uh, did God make mistake? So this is important. Political using the pulpit to make political predictions and prophecies is one of those things that has also crept into the church. It has also you know affected the church so much. So I want to implore us. The church, the pulpit is not a political tool. We must keep that at the back of our mind. It's not even until we become pastors. Some of us might be having platform to be to take prayers and everything. Don't ever use the pulpit to say, ah, this is the person the Lord is bringing up. We must vote to shock, shock. Let me shock everybody. They will not vote that person. And so when they don't vote the person, you will not be like, ah, eh, the of darkness. Mm -mm. Because we have prayed, the fathers and mothers are saying, we have prayed, let us go and put, let's be reassured that the Lord's will will be done. But some of us, you look at the way Christians are taking it, so many pastors are taking it. Ah, I used to hide myself say, when I'm in some conversation, just hide. Like, no, 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 no. Because you can, they will say, you say you are more spiritual than this person. Like Taylor said, that this comment about the game, Bishop, <laughs> so they will have easily thrown it away. They ask me, where is, the, where is the congregation? Who are you pastoring? To be telling us that we cannot use the, the policy, the people to do politics. And some people even told him then that our life is the uh, is the pulpit for politics. We can use the pulpit. <laughs> so it is important that we are grounded. We help people back into the room and we stand on our ground according to what the Lord. God bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Let's just quickly wrap up uh, with the conclusion on from our manual. Uh, we live in a unique time in history, and this little book can help us equip for the untold challenges of living in the end times. Today's Christians must be on guard against false doctrines that can so easily deceive us. 
We need to know the gospel. That's it. Know the gospel and to protect and defend it and accept the lordship of Christ, which is evidenced by a life change. Authentic faith always reflects in Christ-like behavior. Our life in Christ should reflect our own, our very own heart knowledge of him that rests on the authority of the almighty creator and father. We need that personal relationship with him. Only then will we know his voice so well that we will follow no other, thus avoiding apostasy. So we should not just uh, 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 know the word, but that word should reflect in our lives. When I was preparing for this, I put this, something dropped on my mind and I, I, I jotted it down. He said, how you live is the most reliable indicator of what you believe. How you live is the most reliable indicator of what you believe. So don't just, all these things you're talking about, don't let's just say it by mouth. Let us live it out. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. Uh, before we invite our mommy, uh, mommy Adebulube to, to close the meeting for us with a word of prayers, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, those who are just joining us uh, for the first time, there was a, a, a link that was sent to you. Uh, if you're on Facebook on, or on Twitter, I'm very sure it has also been sent to you, um, also on Zoom. Welcome.cacgraceville.org. Please fill the, the welcome form and give us uh, some feedback so that we can be better. So please, I, I encourage us to please fill that form. Welcome.cacgraceville.org. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's invite Mommy Adebulube. She's the wife of our Zonal Superintendent. Thank you, Mommy, for joining us in the study tonight. Please close the meeting for us. Thank you, sir. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Ma. God bless you, sir. Amen. Thank you, sir. Closing prayer, Ma. Our Father and our God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, Amen. we really appreciate, Lord, this one hour that we have spent learning more about you. Take all the glory, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming to remind us once more that there are false teachers around, there are false prophecies, false doctrines and dogmas. Grace, O Lord, Father, to study your word more, to know the truth. So that nobody will deceive us. Grant unto us, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And in this heavenly race, help us to continue with you without wavering in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Thank you very much, everybody. So God much. bless you. For those of us in Abuja, we meet in church eight o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, and those you can uh, those outside Abuja, you can join us um, on you can join us online. Thank you very much, uh, brother Olubenga. I saw your tweets uh, on Twitter. Thank you very much. But we are close. Heresies are risings. Many young believers are falling out of track. Deep knowledge about the things of God is our help in times like this. Thank you, bro. Dan Subenga. God bless you. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Bye. Bye.